Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. It's just Guy. Just hey, Guy. Me. Just me. Just me and you. What about everybody listening? Well, okay, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> all right, Trey. <laughs> Trey wants to cover all the bases, so we'll, we'll, we'll help him in that regard. I'm going to start you off with this question by way of our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line for Mr. Biddy. Let's say Coach Kenny G. Sounds like the uh, singer, doesn't it? Uh, entertainer, opts not to remain as OC at the end of the season. Coach Pittman comes to you for your list. From head coaches at lower levels and available position coaches, can you give us three to four names that are on your OC list? Goodness. Did you, <laughs> did you know you had a list? Not on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know that it's going to be up to Kenny Guyton uh, necessarily to, like, uh, say he's he's out on the job. <laughs> I think he would rush to take the job if it were if it were offered to him. It, that would be a pretty big uh, promotion. He has a chance to audition for it here. Um, yeah, that that'd be a tough one. I mean, what like everybody would want me to say Bobby Petrino or something like that. I mean, I, I've been asked so many times if Bobby Petrino could come back and be offensive coordinator. It's just uh, that's not happening. But um, so he, I can tell you who wouldn't be on my list would be Bobby Petrino. <laughs> That's about all I can give you right now. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting. I, I, I'm not sure I, I would believe that Bobby would come to Arkansas only to be their offensive coordinator, but that's neither here nor there. We'll give you time to think about that one. If, if, uh, Thanks, diff- Randy. I appreciate a little time. I know, I know. Different day, <laughs> different time. We might, uh, we might approach this again um this also from our southern structural solutions buzz text line says you said the offense looked different in the off season why did enos refuse to run what they did in practice to get his payday don't no i don't think that's what is going on but uh you know, you talk to anybody that was there at open practices and not just media people, but, you know, boosters and other people who were invited, and they will say the same thing. This is not the offense that we were watching. And, you know, you can turn on the red-white game and see that's this isn't the offense that Arkansas was running. Uh, I think when they got into the season, started running some issues running the ball, uh, protection issues, obviously, um, and that's possibly what played a role in, in – uh, some of the things they decided to do, adopted more quick passing game and, um, you know, trying to get away from, I guess, longer developing plays more and more. We certainly saw them earlier that resulted in a lot of sacks. So I think just the way the season went and with K.J. taking so many hits probably uh, played a role in, in why they started altering some things that they did. But, no, this isn't this isn't what I expected – the offense to look like. I didn't expect, um, you know, runs on third and nine and, um, 
you know, just one screen pass after another, after another, after another, or, uh, you know, no vertical passing game whatsoever. That's not what we saw. That's not what we saw in, in, in camp. And so it just seemed like they just kept getting tighter and tighter with things. And, um, Hopefully that'll go away. I, th- I do think we're going to see a lot more tempo, you know, getting back to that. And that's in this day of college football. Um, it's not my personal favorite style of offense, but it's the style of offense that works given the rules uh, in college football. And uh, I tell you what, I, I like 471 yards a game a lot more with that type of offense versus uh, 300 yards a game uh, with a pro style. Yeah, no question. Trey, going back to – how this game plan kept getting squeezed down and uh, to the point where it was so predictable, two rushing mm-hmm. attempts, maybe a, a, an attempt to pass on third down. Was this all Dan Enos? Did Enos not have to submit some kind of game plan uh, mm-hmm. for Sam Pittman to, to basically approve or uh, well, the way I, I took it in the press conference was they had those conversations, and then when it comes down to it, that's not that's not what they're calling. But you know, Pittman has made it clear that he gives you know people you know a lot of autonomy. Uh, you know, he did with defensive coordinators. He did with when Browse was at Arkansas. You know, he, he's going to step in here and there, like you know, hey, you got two downs uh, to get it on this one. You know, when you got third and fourth down to get it, or we're going to go for it, or not go for it, or give me a run or give me a pass those kinds of things are pretty common for coaches uh, but I think he's always felt like you know you have a job to do and you know you're going to do your job I'm going to do my job which is oversee and defensive coordinator is going to do his job and um, you know that's how a lot of coaches run things other coaches kind of have their fingers on everything so kind of how Petrino was he had his finger on everything so when he was out of the picture everything just kind of fell apart mm-hmm. uh, so um but yeah, I mean, and I, I I do that with my guys. I mean, obviously it's it's a different type of deal, but um, you know, Curtis is here to cover basketball, and once Curtis showed me that he didn't need me hovering over him at all, um, then I stopped, you know, and let him cover basketball. And you know, as long as I see he's doing a good job, then. You know, I let him do his job, and I don't think anybody wants someone hovering over them, you know, just from a management standpoint. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I think Sam Pittman was doing in a lot of ways, um, you know, managing the program, which is a lot more than just who calls plays. I mean, it's recruiting constantly, um, you know, taking care of players, all, all kinds of, you know, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but, you know, he obviously had some input for Dan Enos, and from what I can gather, Enos kind of ignored it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a, a accurate observation. Which, while we're here yeah, right now. exactly. One reason. Jake, good afternoon. you have a question or comment for Trey? Absolutely. Uh, good afternoon, Devil Lord. Good afternoon, What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Uh, in the words of Orville Henry, I believe it was that said it, what he say when when Houston Nutt was hired over Tommy Tuberville? I am furious. Is that not what his famous article was? He wasn't happy with the hire. Now he did change his mind. Later. But did he not come out with like? I mean, that was his quote. I am furious. Was there not like a column that was titled that? I, I remember him being um, 
that not being his – I mean, that was in that was a long yeah. time ago. I was in college. But it, I remember yeah. him not being in full support of that decision, yes. Let me, let me tell you guys something, man. I, I was behind Houston Nutt, and I can tell you exactly when he lost me. And it was the year before he was fired playing against Kentucky when he left a minute and 30 seconds, 36 seconds on the clock where we could have ran out and won the game. Instead, we ended up punting to them, and they scored 14 seconds left. And Where was that it, game? It, it, it was uh, Kentucky the year before he it, was fired. Was it in Fayetteville, or was it at Kentucky? I believe it was in Fayetteville. I'm not 100% sure. That would have been, okay, so that would have been. I was yelling, yelling yeah, at that would have been like, run right. the clock, run the clock. That would have been, um, um, and that would have been the year he was fired, or not fired, yes, but whatever you want to call it. And I, yeah, I remember yeah. I was at the game. I remember being, you know, in the stands, going down field level. I remember them going. Uh, what I remember from that game that really stands out was uh, there was a like a horde of fans that came over uh, to boo Houston and the team as they were exiting the tunnel. That was really that was when. That was when it was over for Houston, that game. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, I remember looking, and there was all these recruits because I, I guess the fans didn't know that they were, like, walk, going all, you know, standing right over the recruit section and just yeah. raining booze down. I just remember thinking, well, none of these guys are coming here. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, that was the my, game That was my, the game that it ended for Houston. Yes. Yeah, my, my point is I really feel like this last weekend, was a turn point with Sam for me, man. And I hate I, – listen, mm-hmm. I, I know all the questions. Who are you going to replace him with? What are you going to do? You can't go through a coach every four years. You're going to have to install a brand-new system, new coaches, blah, 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 blah. You can't have that. But if you have to, I would you have to. keep the guy yeah. on, but you've got to win. you got to win. Right. He's seven to 7-3 on homecoming against Mississippi State? What's the answer to this, Trey? Is there any yeah. way to write this ship that, like, for, for – uh, I'm not trying to be irrational. I'm trying to think as rationally as possible. How do we right this ship? Please give yeah, your I, uh, honest <laughs> as always, man. Go Hogs. I, I love your walk All right. and talk. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Well, he makes some good points because, like, if there's nothing to salvage, then what are you trying to salvage by keeping them, right? Um, and when you look at it right now, you just go, like, like what, what what's so great? <laughs> like, oh, great, keep everybody. You know, everybody everybody gets to come back for another year, you know. Um, are you just delaying the inevitable, you know, just because 2024 probably would be a rough season uh, with a start over? Um, it's rough right now. <laughs> and if, you know, 2024 didn't go well with Pittman, then it's going to be rough in 2025, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, it's not a great situation to be in obviously, uh, from an athletic director standpoint and, you know, university standpoint, uh, it is easier to sell hope than, you know, one more chance, I think. Uh, I think that's one reason you see a lot of changes because once, you know, it, it and it, it's not like, it's not like any of these changes were the right decision, were they? I mean, were they? Hmm. Was it right? Was it the right decision to, you know, fire Houston Nutt and, and bring in Bobby Petrino for a couple of years. That didn't end up working out well. They had some fun seasons. Those were fun. But, uh, man, the last decade's been rough. Uh, you know, was it the right decision to fire Brett to bring in Chad Morris? Mm. I mean, it was the right decision. to They had to make a change, but it led to hiring Chad Morris. Was it the right decision to fire Chad Morris and, and move on to Sam Pittman? Well, right now, does that look like it's – you know, light years better. It's a little better, but it's not anywhere, you know, where our expectations are for this program. And so what you do is you sell hope that things will be right with the next guy. 
And, you know, when you're young and you're in, you know, in the first year or two with a new staff, if things are trending in the right direction, they're trending in the right direction. But then suddenly everything's not okay. And it's, it's very sudden when it happens. Uh, I made this point maybe yesterday that when Brett Bielema was going into his last year, year five, you know, people were disappointed with the way the season before ended, but nobody was saying, all right, this is it for him. He's going to be out at the end of the year. Nobody was saying that to start the season. Nobody was saying as bad as Chad Morris's first year was. Nobody was saying this guy's probably getting fired in year two, before year two. Nobody was saying that. Nobody said this season Sam Pittman may very well get fired after this year. You know, it just it happens very suddenly. It happens before you expect it because when you're in it, it's just it's a different feeling than when you're projecting and thinking about how you'll feel about something. So what's the right answer? I'll said before, you know, the right answer is that they surge in these. What you got to hope for, in my opinion, is that they – Dan Enos was a huge problem with this team, and he's gone now, and they surge ahead. That's what you got to hope for, like win four games in a row and get things fixed. And, I mean, that would be – I know nobody wants to hear that now, but we'll see when you're sitting in it again. Because coaching changes don't always work out. Just because this guy's not getting it done, in your opinion, um, you know, it doesn't mean the next guy will. Or you might strike lightning. You know, a lot of people are willing to change the quarterback because, you know, there's a hot shot freshman on campus and he might be the next big thing until he isn't and then the next guy. You know, you're always looking for, as a fan, I think, you know, greatness versus, you know, just getting by. And that's perfectly reasonable i think you know i mean as a fan so yeah i don't know what the answer is for for arkansas i don't know what it is for i mean we won't know until we we know i guess when you look at it and you say okay there's nothing left to salvage um you know i will say this about sam and you know i'm not defending the situation or making excuses but it is six an average of six points per loss, and that's not a good trend either, being one in ten, one in nine in your last ten, uh, one possession games. Um, but it's not the bad; it's not as bad as the situation was with Chad Morris, where players just completely quit, and the locker room was awful. You had—I mean, I'm talking literally—you had offensive coaches didn't like the defensive coaches, old guys didn't like the young guys. Um, it was just bad. Offense didn't like the defense. I mean, it's just it was just bad all the way around you know chad morris walking around saying uh, measure twice and cut once while you know he was irresponsible i thought i thought he was really irresponsible and didn't didn't back up what he said on a lot of stuff and i, I think i feel like the players saw through that uh, right out of the gate um that's not the same situation with with pitman uh, they're losing a lot of close games and unfortunately it's a lot of close games, and it could end up costing him his job. And so, uh, but after that, I don't know. And I, I know people, I've heard people say, you know, uh, they should, never should have hired Sam Pittman. Well, let me tell you what your options were, because I covered the coaching search. I've gotten pretty good at covering coaching searches over the years. We we have some fun with it, and it's, it's a wild ride. But uh, what it came down to was almost like three people. I mean, it literally did in terms of um, somebody with head, you know, head coaching experience that the fans would have been happy with. I don't, there, there wasn't anybody. 
I mean, we went through just about everybody, and nobody wanted the job. Um, it came down to Barry Lunny, Sam Pittman, and I reported this, and nobody believed me. But, you know, a national news outlet reported that Arkansas had interviewed Deion Sanders. But when I reported, everybody laughed at me and told me I was crazy. But they interviewed him twice. Obviously, we know that now. But Deion at the time had no head coaching experience. He wasn't. He had not even coached at Jackson State yet. Uh, so that was, you know, a pretty impractical – would have been a pretty impractical choice at the time also. But that that's – you know, that was that was basically where we were. You know, once Drinkwitz turned it down and Kiffin turned it down and Fuente turned it down, everybody, everybody that they reached out to. And, yeah, that's that was the situation at the time. Everybody mistook this situation with Arkansas as it being an Arkansas problem and not just hiring the wrong guys. And that's what they did a couple times here. You know, they hired the wrong guy. and um, But you can win at Arkansas. I mean, you can you can recruit to Arkansas, and the landscape is changing with NIL and transfer portal, where you can level the playing field, and you cannot, you cannot say that anything at Arkansas is not what it should be in terms of facilities and support. And I've, I said this, you know, on Saturday, but the fans want to be there. The fans want to be there for Arkansas, uh, but you can't just give them keep giving them nothing. You just you can't, and so. Now, that's a long answer, but ultimately, Sam Pittman's got to win. And to me, you get you better hope he wins because it could be an interesting offseason. And, you know, you're going to have to start over at some point. But I, I know what Pittman's ultimate goal is, is to get the, 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 the situation, you know, in a great spot and eventually pass the job on to somebody on his staff. You know, have the situation in such a great place that – you, you pass it on and keep things going. And, you know, I know he talked about this at his press conference, but he's worried about 65 people that work under him also who would a large majority of them would be looking for jobs as well. And he's worried about winning. He doesn't want his buyout. That's that's not just lip service, you know. I've had conversations with him uh, about what his goals are for the program and the future. So that would probably be the – ideal situation is to you know storm through the gates these last four games the offense really picks it up and Enos was a big problem that's probably what you got to hope for and if it's not then you start over and you know it'll it'll be a rough transition year one probably but uh you know maybe the new guy will get it sorted out and and uh, be the right choice but that's my opinion ace Good afternoon. Question or comment for Trey? Yes, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, taking the call. Trey, uh, it was a long answer, but I think you got to some of what I was going to ask. You know, I have two questions, and uh, just very straightforward. Did we solve the problem getting rid of Enos, in your opinion? Okay, I know we don't know, but I want to know what you think. And secondly, um, is Sam Pittman our Mike Anderson? The football's Mike Anderson. Mm. You know, that... Yeah, it's not a bad point. I think, yeah, it's not a bad point. First of all, no, I don't think that just uh, as after all of that that I just said, (laughs) no, I don't think that just firing Enos was the answer to the problems. They've got some serious issues uh, up front on the offensive line. Maybe going more up tempo can help mitigate some of that stuff versus you know being more methodical as they've been. Uh, But no, this just getting rid of Enos isn't. 
uh, as much as I, you pull for that to be the problem, uh, I don't think that is. Um, and you, you make a, a good analogy, I think, with Mike Anderson in a lot of ways. Um, you know, after John Pelfrey was here, there were similar Thank you, situation. There were similar, you know, things that I saw with Pelfrey's basketball team and, you know, Chad Morris's football team, not quite to the extent as Morris's football team, but there were still, you know, a lot of issues, in my opinion, that they had no choice but to make a change. Um, and Anderson came in and, and breathed life back in and, you know, it, it took Anderson a while to get things going, though. You know, it wasn't like he just came in and year two they win nine games like they did in football. Year two, I don't remember them going to the NCAA tournament. I think it was not until year three. But Anderson was a cultural fit, got fans excited again about basketball. But eventually, you know, I think where the analogy he's taking is, you know, never got Arkansas over the hump. And that's kind of the sentiment right now with Pittman. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of HawkSports.com being brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service Company. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment.